You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone. What's up? This is Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football. I also write for Sporting News and cover the NFL and fantasy football for that publication. So check out my Stark sitcom, The Decider. It goes up every Wednesday, and that's what we kind of start doing here in the middle of the week, break down all the games on the slate. So what we do is we take the first half of games on the schedule here for week two on today's show, then we'll come back with a matchup Thursday, the back half of games. So taking you all the way through Sunday night, Monday night. We'll start today's show with Thursday Night Football. Not the exact bonanza we're looking for between the Giants and Washington football team, but that's the game we've got. we got to see what we can do with that one to start the week. So a lot of good stuff to dive into here on the show. We'll get into it in a moment. Locked on NFL Draft Podcast relaunches September 20th with the brand new hosts. Eric Crocker brings his player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Follow Locked on NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's uh, get into uh, the matchups, and we'll get into that Thursday night game and how we break things down here. Unfortunately, we're not expecting a lot of points between the Giants and Washington football team. It is a minus three spread in favor of WFT. They're at home again after losing to the Chargers there last week. The Giants coming off a bad loss there at home to the Broncos. 40 and a half is the point total. Yeah, so... Not looking for a lot here in this game, but there are some principles that we have to look at for sure. Let's start with the Washington football team. A little bit easier. Logan Thomas scored last week. Taylor Heineke is the quarterback. You're not going to play Heineke, but good news there that Heineke and Thomas connected for a touchdown last week. The Giants were pretty good against the tight end, but Noah Fant still got some numbers last week. So Logan Thomas is an every week play at tight end, middle road, their tight end one for you no matter what. In this game, I think he can have some success. He's always a t- threat to score a touchdown, especially with Heineke in there. Knowing this offense really well, by the way, replacing Ryan Fitzpatrick with a hip injury. Very very well indoctrinated into what Scott Turner wants to do. And that means get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Terry McLaurin also has a pretty good chemistry with here, Taylor Heineke, but he could see a little James Bradbury in this game. You're still going to play McLaurin in season long, but Bradbury's a tough matchup. He took Cortland Sutton out of the game last week. So maybe some success in the middle of the field, but I'm not sure Taylor Heineke is going to probably stick with his principles as much as possible in this one. So not a lot there. We'll see if uh, Washington can expand the offense a little bit, but I expect it to go through their two main guys there, McLaurin and Thomas, even if the matchup is tough. And then you look at Antonio Gibson. He's automatic plug-and-play. What can you get? Remember the Giants gave up a long touchdown run to Melvin Gordon last week. Devonta Williams had his moments, but Gibson certainly is a tough matchup here for New York, for anyone, really. And they're going to lean a lot on Gibson and short passes there as well from Heineke. So Heineke's not going to mess around, which is what we want from this Washington football team. We want the main guys to get the ball, and we totally expect that happening here with the Washington football team. So there's that. Then you love their defense. They might be the top defense play on the board. A little bit disappointing last week against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. They made a few plays, but this is a game where they can really dominate. Uh, Daniel Jones is a turnover and sack machine here. Chase Young and company. Uh, William Jackson, the third, and the secondary should have a lot of fun here on 
Thursday night at home, emotional uh, home game here. Really desperate for a win. Both teams are, but Washington is the better team overall, and they'll come out and play like it. Now, what do you look at at the Giants? Pretty much, it's Saquon Barkley. You're going to hope for better results here. We saw a pretty good game from Austin Eckler and did what he needed to. wasn't spectacular, but put the numbers together there for the Chargers last week. So we hope Saquon has a more regular role in this game. Let, let's hope so. I mean, he's had a limited uh, practice week again this week, so we'll see if they expand. Evan Ingram going to miss the game again with that injury. Not yet looking at Kenny Galladay and uh, Kadarius Toney, the newcomers here for the Giants pass game. We know where Daniel Jones went a lot last week. It was the Guys, he knows very well, Darius Slayton looking for the big play early. Then Sterling Shepard had the best game all around here. Washington's corners, however, very tough here. We talked about Jackson in the back end, can control things in the slot. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams had some success, but that was later in the game, and that was a little, with better pass protection there for Justin Herbert. Herbert's just a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. So not interested in any of the Giants receivers this week. Barkley, if you need him, you have to play him. Again, he drops down to RB2 value with uncertainty about how healed that knee is in this game. And you can also look at the Giants' defense. They played pretty well, but gave up some things to Teddy Bridgewater downfield. So Giants do have some guys who can make plays, including Bradbury. It's Heineke out there. I, at least I think it's going to be low scoring when you look at the point total. So if your league rewards that with yardage and points there for your defenses, then you can look at the Giants there as a play. But Washington defense, the best play in this game overall in number one or number two however you look at it here in fantasy to open week number two all right let's go to 1 p.m eastern time on sunday flip from thursday night and hopefully we'll get some more points from these games raiders and steelers both teams one and oh with some uh, surprise wins there steelers going into buffalo and winning raiders holding off baltimore in a wacky wild overtime game coming back from 14 nothing down so Hot teams going in, playing each other. Something's got to give. Let's look at the Steelers. I think it's a get-well game for their pass game and Najee Harris. So if you've got them, play them. I like Ben Roethlisberger this week to finish in the top 12. Helping him do that is going to be Chase Claypool. I think Claypool makes a big play touchdown this one. Love Claypool this week. Juju Smith-Schuster, if you need him in half or full-point PPR to get a flex start there, that's fine. But Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, we told you they were going to be quiet against the Bills and that secondary with... Their depth at corner, Tredavious White, and that group. The Raiders are not that strong. They have Trayvon Mullen back there, but not much that you would be scared with with the Steelers. So, get well game, coming back home for this offense. The defense is fine. They played lights out there in Buffalo containing Josh Allen. But the offense needs to get going. This is a chance for Najee Harris to get rolling. We know what the Ravens did with Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray on Monday night. So, bodes well for Najee Harris to have his breakout game here. Pittsburgh, after the Steelers, get those big plays to build a lead with their wide receivers. So I like Deontay Johnson all around. Claypool to make a big play and get in the end zone in this one. So, yeah, Steelers, all the love there in their defense. Derek Carr is going to have a reality check here. I know he played really well against the Ravens, but the Ravens were depleted. They didn't have Marcus Peters. They didn't have Jimmy Smith. They didn't have Matthew Judon and moved on to the Patriots. So not the same type of team defense you face in the Steelers with T.J. Watt. Minka Fitzpatrick, some of the playmakers on the back end. So not trusting any Raiders receiver, not really looking at Josh Jacobs or Kenny Drake in this situation, not going with their defense, even though the Steelers struggled last week, and we're staying away from Carr. So really bench all your Raiders, play them if you've got them with reasonable degree with the Steelers. Defense certainly can rain the day here for Pittsburgh and really make it tough for Las Vegas in this road game. 
I think the only thing that you might not look at with the Steelers is the tight end spot here with Eric Ebron and Pat Freermuth, the rookie getting involved. Darren Waller, I don't need to tell you that. He's the only Raider that you trust every week. Uh, but all the other fringe Raiders that we're trying to extract some fantasy football value from, don't go chasing the box score there again. What we saw against the Ravens. Steelers, completely different defense from the AFC North. All right, we still have to talk about six more of the early games here on this matchup Wednesday, breaking down all the games, starting two here. We'll do the back half of games again, like we said on Thursday. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the Gridironers. Teams are back to start another football season. We're here in week two. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action of the season. With a new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is also your online sportsbook expert. Again, use the promo code NFL100 to get that 100% welcome bonus to double your initial deposit there on bet online all right let's continue breaking down the games here of week two we're into sunday 1 p.m eastern and why is that time important that's andy dalton time we know when he was with the Bengals, he loved playing in that spot against teams that had uh, questionable defenses and this time making his first home start for the bears still making starts over justin fields despite the struggles there against that really tough rams defense on the road on sunday night in week one we get Andy Dalton in his favorite time zone, uh, except now he's in the central time zone. We'll say that, but it's still the start he's used to mentally to have some good games against lesser defense. I think this is going to be a sneaky shootout. We have 45 points is the over-under here to two and a half there. with The Raiders-Steelers uh, had a few more points, 47, but uh, I think this Bengals-Bears game is going to probably be higher scoring than the Steelers-Raiders game. I like the Steelers there to cover the points here. I like the Bengals to straight up upset the Bears. Uh, they're 1-0, Chicago 0-1. We always think the desperate team's going to come out. But I just think the Bengals are the better overall team at this point. The Bears' defense is not the Bears' defense, if you know what I mean. They didn't really get much pressure on Matthew Stafford. This offense, remember, comes from Zach Taylor, who was a protege of Sean McVay. So he's going to look at some of those same concepts. He knows the Bears really struggled in the middle of the field, allowing big plays, stretching the field, off play action. Joe Mixon's rolling here. For the Bengals in the running game, that is big for them. Their offensive line gave them some sacks, but they're making it happen here. The Bears were just not effective getting to the quarterback there in Los Angeles. And I think the Bengals' offensive line, not as good, we know, as the Rams. But Burrow's going to make a difference here with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Higgins is in your lineup every week. Jamar Chase is getting there as well. Chase is a very good value at DFS this week. We'll talk about that on lineup Friday, a guy that we're targeting in a lot of our lineups this week after the big debut that he had against the Vikings, making big plays. So Bears giving up big plays. Joe Burrow on that side is going to cause Andy Dalton to put the ball up quite a bit in this game for sure. The Bengals' run defense actually overachieved a bit against Dalvin Cook last week. So the Bears are going to have to put it up. They're not going to win this game with just David Montgomery. So Bengals, get everyone in there. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Looking at the receivers, Higgins and Chase. And don't forget about Tyler Boyd. The Bears not really equipped on the slot. They're very thin in the secondary as well. So Boyd could get going here. We saw CJ 
Uzama make a big play from tight end. I think Boyd is going to have a little bit more volume this weekend. Higher scoring game, a little bit more back and forth here between the Bengals and the Bears. So Boyd gets into the mix, has some relevance here. Going to avoid the Bengals and Bears defenses this game. Andy Dalton is also going to get Allen Robinson going. We saw what happened with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson last week. The Bengals secondary is still having issues. Trey Waynes, we'll see if he can go, but not really scared about Trey Waynes. Uh, much better matchup than seeing Jalen Ramsey or anyone in that Rams secondary for Robinson this week. Darnell Mooney, I'm going to hold off here because looking at Andy Dalton, it's more about the check down, short to intermediate. Get guys open in the middle field. So not those big play threats yet for Mooney. So with Mooney, we were kind of waiting to deploy him as a wide receiver three until Justin Fields gets his opportunity. So if the Bears lose this game, fall to 0-2. Maybe you'll see that uh, script flipped here from Dalton to Fields, but we're not seeing that quite yet. So right now it's Cole Komet at tight end. He really played a lot more than Jimmy Graham in the opener. Looked decent against the Rams. Now not everything clicked in this Bears passing game. Now you'll have more things work here playing off Robinson. So Robinson, I really like as a wide receiver too with some uh, upside this week. Komet, a backdoor streamer here as a tight end one. It's not the greatest landscape after the principles there. So I like Komet doing something. Mooney hold off on Dalton if you need him in DFS or two quarterback league super flex streamer while he's in there. I think this can be a good matchup again. Good timing, good revenge game here for Dalton. He puts up numbers. Burrow does too. Everyone in fantasy football is happy. And Dave Montgomery stays in your lineup no matter what here for the Bears. We know that, uh, just like Mixon on the other side. Let's go to the Texans-Browns game. This is a 12.5 point spread. That's a massive spread in favor of Cleveland, who rallied, but did their best to uh, take advantage of the Chiefs' defensive issues early, but couldn't hold on as Patrick Mahomes had the fewest comeback. They're not going to have to worry about it this week. So 48.5 is the over-under, so a lot of scoring from the Browns. Smash spot for Nick Chubbs. Nick Chubb here. Not multiple Nick Chubbs, but it'll feel like multiple Nick Chubbs in this game because the Texans' run defense is bad. We just didn't know it because the Jaguars decided not to run on them with James Robinson and Carlos Hyde until it was too late and the game didn't really matter. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt... Love those guys this week. Chubb could be the highest scoring running back on the board. It would not surprise me there whether standard PPR even caught passes last week. So that's good. Hunt was involved in the early downs as well with the rushing attack and red zone. So Hunt, strong RB2 slash flex every week. Chubb, again, high-end RB1 this week. He's going to deliver for you for sure. Because of those backs, I think it's also a good week for Baker Mayfield. He had 321 passing yards, no TDs last week. A little weird. He had the Jarvis Landry rushing touchdown. He had Hunt and Chubb score as well, so that took away from him. But what's going to happen here is the play action is going to open up. The Texans are going to do everything they can to stop the run. You're going to have the downfield passing game. What hurt last week is no Odo Beckham Jr. We'll see if he can return from his injury this week. That could be good or could be bad for Mayfield. I think it's good in general to have another target where the defense has to worry. Here the Texans' secondary is a mess. Regardless, you have Jarvis Landry, you have the tight ends, you got Anthony Schwartz, some other guys stepping up in this passing game, where we did like what we saw from the Cleveland offense a lot last week. So I think it's a complete performance from the Browns. Start him if you got him. Baker Mayfield comes in to me as a QB1 this week in the top 12. Chubb, Hunt, Love, Jarvis Landry, definite wide receiver three this week. If you're looking at a tight end, I look at David Njoku. They need someone to get downfield when Beckham's not in there. So we'll see if OBJ is playing or is it limited, but... Joker, remember him? He had a lot of upside at one point. He's still the preferred move receiving tight end over Austin Hooper, which we saw develop there. And Joker's really dug himself out of the doghouse and uh, become relevant here in the Browns offense, so we have to pay attention to him, especially if we're hurting for some tight end value. Cleveland defense 
looks really good here. They'll rebound, uh, not facing Mahomes. Tyrod Taylor, a lot more manageable for that pass rush and the secondary to get the job done. We expect negative game script for the Texans, which would also help, so they'll be playing behind the chains and behind on the scoreboard. So no Mark Ingram. He's a power back. He needed the volume with the positive game script to get the job done last week. So not seeing a lot of that here for Ingram. Could be more of a David Johnson checkdown game in this one. Or Phil Lindsay gets involved. Remember, he was in the game late there against the Jaguars. So we'll see how that plays out. Not going to buy or bite into anyone in the Texans' backfield. Brandon Cooks, going to roll him out. He just gets the job done. High volume. He's going to see it again here in this game. He's got speed and quickness, uh, kind of a poor man's Tyreek Hill in this matchup. Browns will struggle with that a little bit in open field. They'll give them the ball a lot here in garbage time. So, Rand Cooks, you feel good about Tyreek Taylor. I just wouldn't go there. The Browns do have a pass rush. They could come down on him a little bit and limit the damage overall in the second half. But, Brand Cooks, yeah, sign me up. He's the guy that uh, we're going to rely upon every week as wide receiver three. And if you look in his career, it doesn't matter if he was the Saints, Patriots, Rams. We've talked about this a lot. Brand Cooks is always going to give you some value because he just gets open, he's experienced, and his uh, quarterbacks trust him, and that's what we've seen throughout his career, and, and uh, te- he's the most valuable Texans fantasy football asset. Not only in this game, not only last week, but all season long, you'll see that from Brandon Cooks. Finally, our segment here will wrap up with the Rams-Colts game. So the Colts host another team from the NFC West. The Rams go out from Los Angeles to Indianapolis. Minus four is the spread in favor of the Rams. Not a surprise there after the Colts looked awful against Seattle. Really shorthanded offense for the Colts. Rams have all kinds of weapons. 47.5 is the over-under point total here. So let's look at the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, that was easy. We're only going with Jonathan Taylor. There's nothing else we like here. Naeem Hines not doing enough to catch passes with Taylor doing that as well for the Colts. Uh, We're not going to trust the combination of Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal and Paris Campbell against this Rams secondary with uh, Jalen Ramsey looming. No, not going to happen here. Not going to look at Carson Wentz. This offensive line struggled out of the gate without Eric Fisher there at left tackle. So we'll see what happens here, but just don't like... The Colts, you're going to play Jonathan Taylor. You'll probably get RB2 value. The Rams were a little bit vulnerable and gave a pretty good game to David Montgomery last week. So you'll at least get that from the Colts. Colts defense staying away. Rams, if you need Matthew Stafford, I think you can finish the top 12. I don't expect a spectacular game. I feel like the game script will be very heavily in the Rams' favor here. I don't love Daryl Henderson this game. I just didn't like the way he ran. I think at some point you'll see Sonny Michelle take a bigger role in this backfield. He's okay. You're going to get RB2 and flex value if you need it, but... I just don't have high expectations for Henderson in general. It's going to be a matter of time until he gets hurt and gets dinged up in this offense. So I'm looking for that as well for him. Unfortunately, he's just not a guy that's had health on his side early in his career. Now, that could change here this season, but I think as we go on, Sonny Michel will have a big role, and it could be as early as this game. Now, in the past game, you're playing your principles here. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods getting him in there. Tyler Higby, the Colts got gnashed by the Seahawks uh, tight end duo of Gerald Everett and Will Disley last week. So I love Higby. He's on the field quite a bit. He needs to step up as a third receiver. It was quiet for Higby and Woods playing off cup last week. I think they'll get involved and get in on the fun with Stafford this week. And I think they'll come up throwing, take care of business here. And then same thing we saw with the Bears, get Henderson going in the second half. So that's why I'm a little bit limited. Henderson did a lot of his damage in the second half, touchdown dependent. I don't see him necessarily being a consistent force here, where I think Sonny Michel is going to be no-nonsense power back in time for the Rams. Rams defense, great play this week. Carson Wentz was a mess against Seattle, not even remotely the same type of defense of level of Los Angeles with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. 
All right, we have three more games on the early side to talk about here on Matchup Wednesday. We'll get to those here in not too long, but I do have to remind you about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The only way to find out what your favorite Built Bar flavor is to tap into one of their nine core flavors. They include coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. I love the chocolate ones because they're double chocolate. The double chocolate is one of their best flavors because it's a bar that's already covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is really the best protein bar if you've Tried Bit Bar, you know that. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? It's time to get a mix box where you can get two each of nine core flavors here. Bit Bar flavors are the best tasting, but they're incredibly healthy for you too as well. Flavors have 17 18 grams protein, 130 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams sugar, 4 to 5 grams net carbs, nine amazing core flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And always look out for their special flavors that they pop up from time to time. Delicious stuff all around. From Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a dessert. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, three more games here. And we have a double dose, double dose of AFC East exciting action. Get used to it, folks. What a division here. We are... One and three after one week, and that's because two of these teams, the Patriots and Dolphins, played each other in week one. Did not look good as a division overall. These point totals are not inspiring here. The Bills are three and a half point favorites as they travel to Miami. Miami victors against New England there last week. 47 and a half is the number here. So we expect the Bills defense to continue to play well. So the Dolphins, not looking at anything on the Dolphins really this week. I just don't like the way their defense played last week. Had some leaks against that. Patriots offense, a little underachieving there. They were able to win the game, but really Tua Tagovailoa didn't look all that inspiring. He had a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, but not big numbers. Otherwise, really struggled there to push the ball downfield. The Bills' pressure package is really good now. Improved. You also have really good corners there that you have to worry about with the Tredavious White and the others. So, not looking at Miles Gaskin, not interested in Jalen Waddle, not interested in Devontae Parker, sitting Tua, not interested in Miami's defense. Not interested at all in Mike Gusecki. So, no Dolphins is a good policy this week. I just don't love it. And most weeks, this offense leaves a lot to be desired. I haven't been impressed so far with the new co-offensive coordinators they're taking over for two. And two of the jury's still out. I don't know what you're going to get from him. I don't know why he's ranked so high as a QB2. I just don't like him, and I don't like him in this game in particular to get the job done uh, from what we've seen. Now let's go to the Bills, and uh, this is a get-well game, maybe. The Dolphins' defense is pretty tough. They do have two pretty good corners. We know that Xavier Howard and uh, one Byron Jones. But the Bills, Stephon Diggs, are going to keep in your lineup. Would I extend to any of the other guys like Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders? No, I'm not going to go there. It's going to be Allen and Diggs. You look there. Guy that's sneaky in this game for me, Devin Singletary. The Dolphins give up a 100-yard game 
to Damian Harris. And that could have actually been worse on the ground had Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson held onto the ball there. The Patriots could trust him. They also gave up quite a few catches there to James White. So Dolphins linebackers, very weak position on this team. Up front, they can be run on. So I think you'll see a little bit more Singletary. He was the bright spot in that Steelers loss for sure. So Singletary get involved. See, plenty of digs is normal. I think Diggs has a nice bounce back here in the division and gets in the end zone, has a nice all-around game. So does Josh Allen, does some running, spreads around, but I can't really trust who it's going to be after Diggs between Beasley, Sanders, and Davis, the way things are going for Buffalo. So the numbers will be there. Again, Singletary, sneaky play here as an RB2 or flex if you need him, especially with Zach Moss. Not in the picture for now for Buffalo. Again, not a lot of points, but I think they're going to come courtesy of the Bills, and I do really like the Bills' defense as a streamer this week after that really impressive performance against Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, their offense did not reward it with victory. Now we go to the Patriots-Jets game. The Patriots only six-point favorites here against the Jets on the road. 42.5 is the number, so not a big number. Between these two rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, the Patriots without Stephon Gilmore, their defense could have done a little bit more last week against the Dolphins. They were okay. I think they'll be better this week. Bill Belichick has a great record, we know, against rookie quarterbacks. The first loss came against Tua Tagovailoa last year, but otherwise they were 13-0 rolling in with the Belichick defense. So Belichick knows how to scheme for rookie quarterbacks. The Jets' pass protection did not look good against the Panthers. They lose Mekhi Becton, their left tackle. So Patriots' defense is a good play. Defense and running game, we told you that was going to be the MO of the Patriots. So you'll see Damian Harris. I know they were concerned about his fumbles, but they're not going to doghouse him. Ramondre Stevenson just had a fumble. So might see a little bit more James White in non-receiving situations. That could help motivate Harris. But uh, I think Harris is still the man here in this backfield. We'd like to see some touchdowns in action from him in that sense to really build on what he can do on the ground. But Damian Harris still a solid RB2 slash flex if you need him. James White, PPR only play there in a flex for you if you need him. At tight end, Jonu Smith. Looked a lot more effective than Hunter Henry. I think he gets in the end zone this week. Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, if you need them for some volume here, playing off Mac Jones. Both of them were rather productive. Aguilar leading the team in receiving, and you had a pretty decent game from Myers last week. So if you're really desperate, you can extract some value there. Jonu more reliable inside the top 12 at tight end this week. For me, over Henry, we'll see if that changes at any point. But Patriots receivers, you're looking at them more deep leagues as a Flex more than a wide receiver three here this week. All right, our final game we'll break down. This one is very interesting to me, and it is our highest point total, by the way, of the games we've discussed on today's show. It is the 49ers and Eagles. The Eagles are only three and a half point underdogs in here. I do actually like the 49ers to lose this game. 50 and a half. So why I do not like the 49ers? Well, their defense didn't really inspire the second half. They did get a big play from Drake Greenlaw with the pick six against Jared Goff, but not going to play their defense this week. Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense with Nick Sirianni look really good. They also lost Jason Verrett, one of their top corners. They already were out with Emmanuel Mosley. So that's going to open things up in the back end for the Eagles. You have Jalen Hurts' mobility against the pass rush. So, yeah, I like the way the Eagles are playing. They were excellent defensively also against the Falcons. So not looking at Jimmy Garoppolo this week. If you need some help from the 49ers backfield without Raheem Mostert, Right now we have to look at the hot hand. That's the rookie Eli Mitchell. But don't sleep on the rookie Trey Sermon being active and important for this game. Keep in mind Sermon, one of the reasons he was deactivated, and it's an old coach's line, well, he doesn't play on special teams, so he's not going to help you. But we don't have that luxury anymore. He has to play without Mostert. He has to play on offense without Mostert here. So we'll see Sermon right now. They say he's behind Mitchell and 
terms of how Shanahan saw it. They're not concerned about the draft pedigree and all that. But Sermon, we also saw the eye test. This guy's a very good runner. So it would not surprise me if they pivoted from Mitchell to Sermon this game. But Eli Mitchell, you got to play knowing what you know and not what we don't know in fantasy football. So use him at your own risk. Would I say he's going to give a big game here? No. The Eagles uh, contained Mike Davis, but they gave up some yards to Cordell Patterson last week. So there's some running to be had on the Eagles. So if you need to look at uh, Mitchell or Sermon to help you in either capacity, you can look at that this week. Debo Samuel is the where you go wide receiver. George Kittle every week you start at tight end. There's no question about it. But Debo has the power over Brandon Ayuk at this point who didn't even get a target last week. Hamstrung, we'll see if they work him in. Here, the Eagles secondary really play, played well against the Falcons. Shut down Calvin Ridley there. So we'll see if they overachieve. But Debo and George Kittle are the way you're going with this offense on top of the backfield. Not going with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't like that Trey Lance wrinkle. Jimmy could have had a bigger game if they had not had the touchdown from a Lance to Trent Sherfield last week, but man, I'm not going to go Jimmy. I don't need to force him in the lineup. There are a lot better options here, even in two QB leagues here in week number two. So Kittle, Samuel, the backs, take a chance on them and avoid the defense this week. Let's go to the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, again, working him said depleted secondary. He's going to get that rushing upside and that floor there with what he can do. He's going to get the ball downfield to Devontae Smith and Jalen Rieger. So a lot of uh, potential there for this Eagles offense at home, looking really good against the Falcons to carry that over. I'm not going to go with Rieger, however, this game. I like Smith a lot more in consistency. I think the 49ers uh, secondary is that bad where... I think they can just look to Smith. Dallas Goddard is the key guys in the passing game. So not extending Rieger because he had that pass rush with Nick Bosa there that can contain the big plays. Now, Rieger is capable of doing things with his quickness and ability to get in the open field after the catch. So if you really need him, you can go there. But I don't like his matchup nearly as much as Devonta Smith in this game. And the target and the volume is going to go to Smith. And Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz coming into the game a little bit banged up. So Zach Ertz, nothing to see there tight end behind Goddard. You'll definitely look into those two guys to help Hertz most. Smith and Goddard out of the backfield. Miles Sanders, you just had to keep plugging him in. He's getting the volume. Kenneth Gainwell, the rookie, looks impressive. He could have had two touchdowns last week, getting involved quite a bit ahead of Boston Scott. He's taking the Scott touches, change of pace, and all that stuff. So we'll see. But for now, Miles Sanders is getting enough usage to be playable as an RB2 slash flex here. Go there. Eagles D, you're not going to go there. The 49ers lit up the Lions. They have a lot of firepower there. So... Smith, Goddard, Sanders, Hurts, the principles there for the Eagles in this game. I expect it to be high scoring. I expect the Eagles to win and the 49ers uh, offense to underachieve a little bit. The Eagles to continue overachieving there with Hurts. Uh, good scheme here with Sirianni and you've seen it come to fruition early. All right, so that takes care of now eight games on the schedule. We'll do the back eight tomorrow. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Locked Day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag where we get your podcast. So there you have it. There's another edition of Locked on Fantasy Football in the books. This was Matchup Wednesday. That would follow that. Matchup Thursday is tomorrow. And uh, we'll take care of all the games all the way through the Chiefs, Ravens, and Lions, Packers games that you need to know who to play, who to not play in these games, uh, breaking down it for you all here on Locked on Fantasy Football. For Locked on Fantasy Football, Vinny Iyer, we'll see you next time. Have a great day.